Welcome to the Disney Planning Insights Podcast. This is a replay of our show from April 20th, 2021. To see this show in its video form, please join us at facebook.com forward slash DPI podcast. Now enjoy the podcast after a short message from our friends at Anchor. friends and family it's matt with the dpi podcast uh today is tuesday april the 20th um it is a dpi live show and i've got peter with princesses in the mouse disney travel sitting over on the other screen uh waiting to come on tonight we've got a few things to talk about this week um mainly some updates some price changes that kind of stuff um nothing too major but some things that are moving the parks in the correct direction so Without further ado, um, let's first talk about new followers on the page. So this week, uh, Gary Bond, thank you for liking the page. Sophie Louise James, thank you for liking the page. And Emma Powell, thank you for liking the page. This month has been a great month when it has come to people liking the pages. Um, We're up over 20 new likes this month on the 20th day. So really good. Keep you know, sharing the page, liking posts, that kind of stuff. We've got more coming out this week as far as photography and the So You're Going to Disney series, kind of recapping some of that stuff. So yeah, so definitely check out the Facebook page for those things. So let's bring on Peter with Princesses and the Mouse. Hey, Peter, how are you doing tonight? Well, other than the fact that it's accumulating snow outside in the middle of April. I know. What kind of BS is this? Yeah. Um, That's why I'm here tonight. I was actually supposed to have a golf match, but we slid it back a week for <laughs> obvious reasons. So um, before we get into any news and notes, you just got back from Disney. Kind of, How was your trip down there? Oh, it was a lot of fun, as always. Uh, we we stayed, uh, it was kind of a duel. Um, we started our vacation at Pop Century, and then uh, my birthday was April 8th. And uh, so on April 7th, we transferred over to Yacht Club and uh, stayed at the Yacht Club for the last couple of days until we, we left on... Uh, technically the 9th, but kind of the 10th. We had a flight out early morning on the 10th. So we um, checked out of Disney on the 9th, and I got us a room at the, um, oh, I just lost the name of it, but the hotel that's at Orlando Airport. The one that's uh, inside the airport or outside? Right. No, the one right inside the airport, the one that you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Instead of going to either of the security lines, you go to the elevator for the hotel. Yeah, <laughs> and, and you know, that's a pro tip because it's one thing that my family's talked about on a few trips is sometimes getting out of Orlando, you can get a much better price flying early in the morning the next day. And staying at that hotel, you could take a Magical Express over to Orlando International the night before, stay at the hotel that night. And then get up and get on your flight in the morning. It makes a lot of sense. And sometimes you can save enough money. You know, 
both of us travel with families of four most of the time. A lot of times you can save enough money on that hotel room to where it makes sense on saving money on the flights and that kind of stuff. Yeah, the like you said, the flights, I mean, that was a no-brainer. The flights were like $200 cheaper to fly Saturday morning than they were to fly Friday night. And uh, because, again, this spring break trip was kind of a little bit spontaneous. I booked it while you and I were down there getting content. I think you were in the shower one morning and you came back out and I had my laptop open and was booking <laughs> spring break for my family. So, um, no, it was, a, it was a great time, though. Um, we didn't, we unfortunately did not get to get Ogus Cantina because of the fact that I, you know, booked the trip at about five weeks away from the actual trip. Um, didn't get Ogus Cantina, tried to watch it, watch it, watch it. Uh, did get a lot of good reservations though. We, we, uh, ate at San Angel in the one inside of the, the pyramid. We ate at, uh, Brown Derby, um, and then, of course, as usual, we tried a couple of new ones. Now, I'm out of new ones in the park. There's no such thing as new ones in the park for me anymore. <laughs> um, I've eaten at all of them. So we actually ventured out to Disney Springs a couple of nights and uh, tried out Raglan Road for the first time, which always has rave reviews. And then I also tried a relatively new one over by the NBA experience called City Works. That place was so. First of all, Raglan Road was remarkable. The the um, step dancers were fantastic. It was uh, we got a, a table kind of off to the side, um, but it was a raised table. So even though we were kind of off to the side, we still had line of sight to the stage. So that was really nice. Yeah. Um, City Works was really cool. Uh, huge, massive TV, huge bar area, and then to the left and right, uh, you got to imagine like four columns with about 15 drinks, like 15 beers or ciders in each column. And then there was a duplicate of that on the other side <laughs> and, and not like replicated, like original. So you're talking, Oh my gosh, I don't even know what they had on tap, but it had to be over a hundred options to choose from of what they had on tap. And um, happy hour was anything from Florida was $2 off. So you're talking, I walked in and I was like, oh my God, I'm a kid in a candy shop. Yeah, yeah. And that's actually, CityWorks is actually some place that we have uh, scheduled for our next trip. So you're going to enjoy it. It's uh, good food. We Fantastic. ended up just basically getting a ton of appetizers and uh, it was good. So so San Angel Inn, uh, let's let's transfer or transition to that real quick. So we, we ate at La Hacienda de San Angel when we were yeah. down there in March. Um, what what was your thoughts of the differences between the two restaurants? You know, when, when I think of the two restaurants, and I haven't been to San Angel Inn in probably, oh, it's coming up on six years now, that that was a much heavier meal than what we got mm. at La Hacienda de San Angel. Yeah, a couple of so couple of key differences. I mean, right off the bat, just sort of the atmosphere and the decor. Uh -huh. uh, La Hacienda, of course, is just a more I'll, I'll say more of a traditional Mexican restaurant of what you might be able to find, uh, you know, in your backyard. But the the decor and the authentic building design was, you know, above and beyond as Disney always will do. Yeah. Um, versus San Angel Inn where 
because you're in the pyramid, you're on the streets of a, of a city in Mexico at night, and the inn is built that you're basically sitting on the terrace of this inn and having a meal. Um, now, which one do I prefer? I'm a still, I thought La Hacienda was a hidden gem when you and I found it. We even went on the air and talked about that. Um, but I'm still a huge fan of San Angel Inn, uh, especially we got there. Um, we got there, I think our reservation was like 1210, and I, it appeared that they opened right at noon. Uh-huh. And we were celebrating my birthday, so they put us right on the water and had a, a table reserved for us on the water, which you just can't beat that feeling of, you know, quaint, village in mexico at night sitting outside of an inn at the water's edge it it was it was just absolutely fantastic um but you are right i think uh when you leave la hacienda versus when you leave san angel um you're full regardless but san angel does sit a little bit heavier the dishes are um you know a few more of them are cream-based dishes so they're going to sit a little bit heavier on your stomach but Regardless, you can't go wrong with either of those restaurants. Uh, yeah, both, both fantastic restaurants in the Mexico Pavilion. So one big thing with both of them right now, and this is something that we've learned um, through booking right now, is San Angel Inn is offering lunch. La Hacienda is not offering lunch. It is a dinner-only restaurant right now. So it does not start reservations until 4 o'clock. So if you're thinking about going to La Hacienda, you have to keep that in mind because we were going to do a La Hacienda for lunch and then we were going to do a Tepanito for dinner. We weren't able to get La Hacienda before four, so it doesn't make sense to eat there and then try and jam a Tepanito in as well. Nine o'clock. <laughs> you know, it's interesting you say that because, you know, one of the things that I had talked about last week and, and you weren't able to join the show was the av- the dining availability now is open much later in the parks um so when we had tried when we initially started booking our dining reservations a few weeks ago there wasn't a whole lot of later dining reservations with the parks closing at five six seven o'clock the latest dining reservations were around four o'clock all of a sudden last week dining reservations opened up till eight thirty at some of the parks and it was amazing. And that, that goes with a huge expansion of hours at Walt Disney World for the summer. So if you are planning a trip down there for the summer and you were worried about shorter hours and not being able to get into restaurants and that kind of stuff, a lot of that has really expanded for the summer. You know, they've done it through June. I would imagine that July, August, September, you're going to see that same thing um, as we get later into the summer. Yeah, and that actually was one of my saving graces for the trip because they had not released the spring break hours when I booked. And so I was hardly able, I think I got two reservations right off the bat. Oh, I got the San Angel and I got the couple at um, over at Disney Springs. I got those right off the bat. But I didn't have any other reservations for anything else in the parks. Um, cause there just wasn't anything available. And then they expanded the hours. And, uh, so I knew that they were expanding the hours. I got the email and I thought, boy, I've had dining reservations open up today or tomorrow. So I just kind of kept my eye on it a little bit. And then all of a sudden, 
boom, there you go. I got a 545 in Magic Kingdom over at Skipper Canteen. And I got a four o'clock over at Tiffin's in Animal Kingdom. And um, that was actually, you know what, while I'm on that point, it, so first of all, you're absolutely right. Pay attention to the hours. Even if you don't get something you're looking for, watch for when Disney opens up the expanded hours because they are pretty much, they're posting the standard hours, but they're not fooling anyone at this point. We know no, no, the standard no. hours are coming. Yeah. Um, but here's what happened that was cool. So tip-ins, like I said, we have like a four o'clock. So we went and rode Flight of Passage and I, while we were getting in line for Flight of Passage, I got us a mobile order at Satuli Canteen for a couple of kids meals and a bowl for us to just kind of, you know, curb the appetite. Uh-huh. And uh, as we were kind of walking out of the, so we got done with Flight of Passage, we went to Satuli Canteen, we got our meal. And as we were walking out and walking up to the drink station, my kids were like, dude, this isn't enough food for us. I was like, well, this is only enough to just kind of curb our appetite because we have a really, really awesome place we've never eaten before. We're going to Tiffin's later. And the lady at the beverage station, um, her name was Haley. Um, so she goes, yeah, you guys are going to Tiffin's later? Oh, my gosh, I love that restaurant. One, My husband is one of the directors there mention and ask for him when you get over there and say that I sent you and he'll hook you up. And uh, I thought, okay, cool. Uh, so we got there and I, I said, hey, I need to talk. Uh, his name was Michael. I said, hey, I'd like to speak with Michael. And they're like, oh, um, what is this in reference to? I go, oh, no, no, no. Um, his wife told me to say hi. And they go, oh, you're at Satuli Canteen this morning. So it was just really because even this other cast member who was doing the check-in knew that Michael's wife, Haley, worked at Satuli Canteen. Yeah. Um, so it was just really, really cool that, like, you never think of the cast members as, like... Families. Yeah, families, friends, and all that other stuff. So, yeah. so that part already was really cool to me. Um, but then, so he goes, well, Michael's on break right now. I'll have him stop by your table. I said, okay, that sounds great. Sit down at our table. Michael comes over. We talk to him for a little bit. And he goes, hey, um, you know, there's three different galleries. And I had learned this when I was at Tiffin's the first time, that the, the galleries were designed by the Imagineers that went to these different areas in Africa and Asia to gain this inspiration for Tiffin's. And uh, he goes, so when you get done with your meal, I'd be happy to show you around. And I go, oh, yeah, that'd be fantastic. Well. Fast forward to the end of the meal, my waiter goes, oh, Michael mentioned that you might want a tour. I go, yeah, yeah, that would be fantastic. And um, instead, this, so I'm expecting Michael to come back. This guy named Greg comes up and goes, hey, I'd like to show you guys around if that's okay. Shows us all the galleries, explains all the theming for the restaurant. And during the conversation, I, he, explains to me that his job is to manage the facade of Tiffin's and Tusker House and the Harambe Market and all of that stuff. So when stuff needs to be replaced or goes into disrepair, uh -huh. his job is to find the local artisan 
in that village and order the replacement. So he was like pointing out these doors and he goes, these doors took me a year and a half to get. They cost us X amount of dollars. It was just <laughs> such an amazing experience. No, that's awesome. Because I engaged with cast members a little bit that I got kind of this private tour by the guy that's basically in charge of decorating the facilities <laughs> and keeping it up to the Imagineers criteria. Yeah, that's that that that's really really cool. That's you know, and, and we we always talk about those things. You know, you know, every trip that we go on, we we talk about those magic moments and things that happen that you don't necessarily plan for. You just you, you end up in a conversation, and one thing leads to another, and then you have this really cool memory from a trip. Um, so you know, a lot of things that Disney offers aren't things that you pay for, um, and that's something that you always need to remember when you're booking a trip. That yeah, there is a dollar amount attached to that trip but th- you're going to get a lot more out of it if you just if you're friendly and just kind of be friendly during the trip things happen i mean they just always tend to happen and take your time you know i mean none yeah. of that would have happened if if we were go 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 jump 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 jump. Yep. you know so i know that's hard for people who are going for the first time they're sitting there going i need to get every dollar i can out of this we need to go 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 uh, <laughs> but even that there's nothing special about riding the same ride three times. I mean, yeah. At yeah. the end of the day. Unless you're trying to get a picture of a moving elephant with lights behind it. I, and then two grown men ride Dumbo. Three and times. I think, I think it was four times. Wasn't four it? times. Yeah. 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 I <laughs> okay. Yeah, no shame in the fact that we rode Dumbo four times in 20 minutes at night. <laughs> Uh, uh, so let's you you were at tiffin's let's stay in in animal kingdom so a couple of the stories that i have for this week are from animal kingdom first festival of the lion king we finally have kind of a narrowed down opening date um there was a tweet this week and it looks like that the cast members are rehearsing and mid-may is the target date for an open for festival of the lion king this is a big milestone because this is going to be the first live indoor show that reopens at Walt Disney World, that which is, is pretty cool. Live. No, it's not. Yes, it is. What else is open? The Frozen Sing Along. Frozen Sing Along is open. You got me there. Yeah, get out of here, Heidel. <laughs> second, second. But it's definitely, it's but it's a much larger. And the open, like the seating with the bleachers is a much more difficult thing because the Frozen sing-along is kind of on the same lines as the Country Bear Jamboree and yeah, those other things that they can just kind of space out seats and call it good. Yeah. Oh, your point is still valid. I apologize. I okay. Apologize. I just don't want our viewers to be misled. <laughs> the other thing over at Animal Kingdom is they are expanding this capture your moment photo pass option. Um, over to Animal Kingdom now. So this has been something that has been available at Magic Kingdom for about a year now, um, where if you have the Photo Pass package, you can add this Capture Your Moment package, and it is a 20-minute um, one-site photography session with a Photo Pass photographer um, for $50. And then you can get them back-to-back, and you can actually do two sites, 40 minutes, for $100. Um, at Magic Kingdom, that's an absolute steal. Um, we did an hour with a photo passport photographer, um, and it was 
a lot of money. I, I, I'm not... <laughs> It, right now, if you want to do it, it's going to, it's going to cost you over $2,000 for an hour with a, uh, now granted, it's not a photo pass photographer. It is one of their Disney art, um, photographers with an assistant and it's multiple sites for and that hour. Out, yeah. Don't you get a print package and all you get a, you, yeah, you get a book out of it. Um, yeah. you do it before park opens. So there's nobody in your shots, but when you're with good photo pass photographers, there's nobody in your shots. <laughs> so they know what they're doing. Yeah, they, they they know what they're doing. But this is something cool at Animal Kingdom because there are some really good photogenic places at Animal Kingdom. You think about kind of that opening over to Everest, you know, the Tree of Life. There are a lot of good, neat photo pass options over there. To do a 20-minute session, you know, think about engagements or something like that where you want to have somebody that's documenting that that 20 minutes. It makes yeah. a lot of sense for $50. Yeah, the Gardens of Pandora would be yeah. really, really neat. Yeah, so yeah, something know. something cool over there. So, Me you know, a couple of things. That, bar. What's that? Me drinking at Dawa Bar, I mean that would that that's like um that's that's like an everyday thing now, right? Yeah, it just captures me in my natural habitat. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, um, let's move over to Hollywood Studios. Um, I guess this is the one piece of bad news, but I think it's going to be attached to something good. Um, so there's a price increase with Savi's Workshop. They've moved building a light, lightsaber. From $199 plus tax to $219 plus tax. But I think there's something that a lot of people aren't thinking of on this. Um, retractable lightsabers are coming. <laughs> and I think you're going to be able to build it at Savvy's. So when you have a $20 increase, I think they're getting ready to start retooling and getting, getting ready for this new style of lightsaber at the workshop. Um... $20, you've got, what, three of them now? Yes. Um, it's two, is $219 worth that experience. Yeah, and I uh, I don't know what, you know, that's a good um, thought as to what that $20 increase is for. Uh, I'm also wondering if maybe they kind of change what you get outfitted with because right now you basically – get your lightsaber, they slide it into a foam bag for you. So I'm wondering if maybe like belt clip gets included or, or, or something else. But um, even if they, even if they just increase the price because they realize their cost of materials has gone up, which is also a likely reason. Very valid. The pandemic, yeah. The, uh, the cost of metals would absolutely go up. Um, so so it could just be a price cost in reflection and nothing new is coming. But the answer to your question is yes, absolutely. Um, I have now built once, observed once, and my wife has uh, been able to go in there twice. Both of my kids have built. So the third one that Matt mentioned, we just got last time. Um, and that was actually my daughter building with my wife observing and my son and I just got some green milk and blue milk and went to the market. And I found, uh, I found Sabak 
which is phenomenal, which is if you're a Star Wars fan, you already know what Sabak is, but it's basically a dice and cards game that um, doesn't really make appearances in the movies, but it made appearances in all of the Knights of the Old Republic video games. Okay. So and it's a, and it was there in the market, like off to the corner in this shop. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> Bought it immediately, obviously. Uh, so uh, I, it is absolutely worth it. I don't want to spoil it. But it's not just, you don't just walk in and build a lightsaber. No, no, no. It is absolutely an experience. You, yeah. You have a show and never and never again in your life will you feel as if you are a, a youngling building your saber to complete your Jedi training. <laughs> I mean, I just, it's... It's remarkable. It really is. The way um, the storytellers and the the environment of the things that happen um, all kind of come together into a, you know, spine-tingling, goosebump experience. <laughs> um, yeah, if you want a little bit of a preview of it um, on our Star Wars Galaxy Galaxy's Edge preview... When Peter went and did the Passholder preview, we actually have a short video of Bryce making his lightsaber um, right. from that event. So, yeah, so definitely go over to the webpage and check that out. Because that, I mean, like like Peter's saying, it is an absolutely an experience from the time you enter the courtyard till the time you actually walk out with your lightsaber. So, yeah, it, it really, really is. And, um, so, funny story about Bryce's lightsaber from the Passholder preview. I don't know if I was the first lightsaber to go through Orlando International Airport security, um, <laughs> but I was definitely the first one that that security team had seen because it got pulled and flagged and taken out, and he had me disassemble it and show him all the, the pieces. And while I was talking to that security officer, I go, I get that you're doing this, but I'm telling you that you guys better get used to these. And he goes, why? I go, it is a brand new item that Disney is, it's coming. And you're going to see, you're going to see 20 plus per shift given, given a few months. Yeah. So, which is funny now because we then flew, um, when I built mine, we had taken our camper down. So my lightsaber is just in my camper being towed home. But when Addie built hers last week, we flew home, and I got to security. The security officer saw it, goes, oh, let me take that from you, and just took it, and it was waiting for me on the other side of security. So, <laughs> like, the experience is completely different today on um, building a lightsaber than what it was, uh, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah, they've adjusted their processes a little bit. <laughs> right, a little bit, a little bit. <laughs> Um, last thing I've got newsworthy from, from the parks and you ha may have some more. So, um, let's get through this one and then I'll, we'll, we'll jump to anything you have. Tokyo Disney brought back their day parade, um, this week. And it was kind of hush hush because I didn't hear any build up to it. I had heard that they had brought back cast members, but they really didn't release a whole lot saying, Hey, the day parade's coming back. All of a sudden it, it's, it's back and it, it, it ran yesterday. Um, so that's a really, really big,
big step for the parks. Now, if you watch the video, um, it is every germaphobe's worst nightmare because people are packed on the sides of the streets. But I still think this is a good thing when it comes to the U.S. parks. I think I think they're building up to the opening of Disneyland now. Um, how long do you think it's going to be until we see one here in the States? Well, to be fair, they never really left Disney World. I mean, sure, they, they're not the same idea, but like the Princess one... When we were just there, I mean, the princess one is now two floats and Merida out front on a horse. I mean, yeah. sure, yeah, I get it. Like, two floats is not whatever the normal ones, like 12 or 14 floats. Just, yeah, you're talking about five minutes and 20 minutes, though. I mean, yeah, I, there, there's yeah. a huge no, time it. difference. I get it, for sure. Um, and you already have some of that, you know, side of the street packing going on. When yeah. People realize... You know, like we were in Epcot and we were enjoying the flower and garden food. And um, I noticed, I was like, Eddie, the princesses are coming. And my wife goes, how? I was like, the music just changed. They turned on the royal pageantry. And I had plenty of time to get Addie over to the side of the road, get her a good spot. And just then the the horse-drawn carriage was turning the corner, you know, um, of the world showcase of the spot where we were. <clears throat> corner curve whatever it is it's a circle (laughs) so uh i don't know i do know that every client i'm talking to that's going in june and august and october and december that's always the questions that they have for me and i am still everything i say and do is airing on the side of expect what they have now and don't expect anything more but yeah. you and I both know parades are now back in Tokyo, Disneyland. Fireworks have been tested now for a month. Pyrotechnic engineer job postings went out a month ago. The, the writing's on the wall, but I can't even begin to speculate when we'll see it. I do know that it's a good sign of, uh, what is the U.S. now, like <clears throat> 25 30% vaccinated or something like that. Yeah. Um, yeah. They, the CDC just released the percentage the other day. It's like 20 or 25% is fully vaccinated. So that's not even counting the people who have had their first shot and have their second shot scheduled. Um, <clears throat> so all of that stuff uh, means that we're getting closer and closer and closer. Uh, the fact that the fact that we have, you know, May is kind of a target for Festival of the Lion King coming back. The fact that I would expect Beauty and the Beast to follow shortly thereafter and right behind that. If you can do it in Festival of the Lion King, why can't you do it in Fantasmic? Yeah. You know, sure, are we a ways off from standing in the hub watching the show on the on the castle? Yeah, but are we closer to Phantasmic coming back at Hollywood Studios? I would say a very firm yes. Yeah, I mean, it's a seated area. They could do the same thing in Phantasmic that they do at Country Bears. Same with Epcot. Um, You know, with Harmonious, it's not done yet. But while we were there during the day, they were testing 
like the last day that we were there on my birthday on April 8th, they were testing the barges from when we walked into the park to when we walked out of the park. They were working on the movable booms. They were testing the lights. They were working on the effects. They were, so all of the barges are in place. They're working on all of the electronics of the timing and the, the mechanics. And why can't Epcot launch their show? The World Showcase has insane amounts of space. Again, I still think the farthest on your wish list would be the castle. Yeah. Because that is a very finite space to get a good view and there's very little Disney could do to social distance it other than put boxes on the ground, but who the hell is going to enforce it? Yeah. Yeah. So, people, people don't even, you know, follow the queue line. So yeah, even though they're everywhere and yeah. they say, please wait here. Yeah. Um, do you have anything else that is on your Disney radar right now? Uh, no, no, there, there are plenty of deals available. Um, Lots of deals available. So uh, lots of deals into August and September. They haven't released anything into the fall and winter yet, but um, I'm hoping that happens here in about the next month or so. Um, so now is actually a good time to get your fall or winter vacation booked and then hope that when a deal releases, your travel agent's able to rebook um, because like fall break, because everything's still running at capacity, um, fall break's booking up. There's yeah. very little wiggle room in the middle of October between the opening of Ratatouille and the 50th celebration occurring. Um, it's booking up. So I don't even know if deals will release. Um, but they also just released a room deal for Alani for four night stays. So if you're interested in heading out and going to Hawaii, Alani's firing back up and has some deals. And many of its experiences are coming back online and uh, all of that good stuff. So definitely worthwhile. Uh, and what was interesting is that part of your Alani reservation, you can book a rental car from Alamo at a discounted rate. I thought that was really, hmm. I was toying around with potentially going, uh, going there on that deal. And uh, yeah, yeah, I thought it was really interesting that, so that way you could go to Pearl Harbor and Honolulu and all that other good stuff and, and look around. Yeah, so Peter, what's the what's the easiest way to get a hold of you and Princesses in the Mouse Disney travel? Yeah, I mean, through through all of our social media stuff with uh, with this, it all comes through on Facebook, um, our Wix, uh, you know, our website. Um, Facebook is is probably the easiest one. That's the number one place where people find me is is finding princesses in the mouse travel on Facebook and then shoot me a message. Um, but obviously any of our social media aspects through princess in the mouse or DPI, will all get you in uh, contact with Matt or myself to teleport you through the vacation and, and uh, get the stuff for you. And again, just a reminder, you book it by yourself or you book it with me. It's the same cost, um, but you get the expertise and the assistance. Yeah, well, thanks for coming on tonight. Um, I'm sure that you'll be on quite a bit more once golf season's over. Uh, <laughs> I am hit or miss right now. <laughs> you you are. Well, let me close out the show, and I will talk to you a little bit after the show. Bye, everybody. So, yeah, we, we got a lot going on. Um, a few news stories, but um, really the big thing is 
a lot of the restrictions are still in place as far as capacity limits. Um, some changes in the mask policy. Nothing like Dollywood right now. Dollywood just re- just completely threw away their mask policy outdoors. So if you're outside and you can social distance, you don't need a mask at Dollywood down in Tennessee right now. Um, so yeah, thanks for watching tonight, and let's get into our closing. So yeah, uh, I want to say thank you to Peter from Princesses and the Mouse Travel for joining us tonight. If you are looking to book a trip, at P-A-T-M Disney Travel on Facebook. of news a lot of stuff coming back disney bring uh, tokyo bringing back their day parade um festival of the lion king coming back in mid-may lots of things coming back to normal with disney check us out at dpi podcast on facebook at disney insights on twitter if you want to discuss any of these things and anything that you're seeing from the parks Thanks for watching, listening, anything that you do with the DPI podcast. We will catch up with you later this week.